0: The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Good morning and welcome to the Massage Podcast, Episode 6, a wintry day here in Boulder, Colorado. We deserve it after bragging about all the nice weather we have had. (laughs) I'm your host, Dawn Adkins, along with Elaine Kalenda and Jorge Cisneros. We're massage therapists here to talk about massage and being a massage therapist. We hope to inform you about the benefits of massage different approaches to body work, special conditions, and the challenges of being a massage therapist. If you'd like to text us or leave us a voicemail, please do so at 303-656-9860, or you can send us an email at massagepodcast.com on our contact page, come chat with us during a live recording, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're very excited. We have a wonderful guest this morning. Her name is Iris Khalil. She's an established massage therapist and healing arts practitioner. She has practiced in America and abroad since 1986. She graduated the Boulder School of Massage in 1988 and became a faculty member there in 1999, teaching Shiatsu, Movement, and Massage for Breast Cancer. Her background includes extensive studies of Zen Shiatsu, Chinese theory, Chinese medicine theory, and energy work. She has developed her own unique intuitive style and founded the Core Alignment Technique. As a breast cancer survivor, she is committed to working with and helping women through her treatments in recovery and to teaching breast cancer massage to certified massage therapists. Iris, we'd like to welcome you. Thank you for being here. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. Um, I'd like you to tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: So you want to start from... Scratch, uh, Yeah, tell us uh, how you got into the massage therapy world, where you're from. So as you can see, it was a long time ago, and um, I had a friend in Israel. I lived in Israel and Jerusalem, and I was looking for something meaning- meaningful to do in my life, um, and he introduced me to this amazing massage instructor um, who taught private classes at her home, and that got me started with massage, and then I felt like I needed a little more than just once a week for six weeks, and I started researching, and both my friend and my teacher passed through Boulder through their lives, and they said, Boulders, where are you going? (laughs) And the funny thing is that after that friendship was over, and I was ready to really Get going out of Israel and get to America. I met the person who became my husband, and he lived in Boulder for awesome. a few years before uh, we met. So, Boulder was a big road sign in my life. And I came here, went through the program. It was the Boulder Massa- School Massage. Boulder School, School of Massage. Then, yeah. yeah. Graduated in 88 and then started practice. 10 years later, I felt like I wanted to start teaching. I knew I wanted to start teaching way before, but I felt like I needed my time to mature and um, grow into the teacher role. And I was very happy to be included in the Shiatsu department, which
0: was- Jorge and I experienced your wonderful teaching abilities actually in Shiatsu 10, 11 years ago now. (laughs) Yeah, in that class, that was our very first class at the school. And we definitely enjoyed having you teach us and give us, impart all your wisdom to us. Today, we're here, we have Iris here to talk about breast cancer and massage. And this is a very exciting topic. I think, um, you know, for so long, so many people didn't think it was okay to get massage when you have cancer. And so this is um, fascinating. I know my mother had breast cancer, and it was a Mm very cold experience for her. And so it's, this is wonderful to bring this on and get help out there to many women who are experiencing breast cancer. And I'd like to know as a survivor, I'd like to know your experience with it as you know, from finding from the diagnosis and the treatments that you chose and what brought you to this passion.
1: Okay. So My breast cancer journey didn't start 10 years ago. It started when I was 14 because my mother died of breast cancer. So my awareness was heightened right there. And um, nine months before I was diagnosed, my sister was diagnosed. And um, Was she extremely young? She was young. She was 38. Yeah, that is. She was 38, yeah. And that pushed me into getting my mammogram right after she was diagnosed. And I got a good, clean bill after that mammogram. A few months later, I developed a lump. And I had a um, relationship with the surgeon for many years just because every little thing I find, I go to see him. Every time, it was fine. And I go to see him for this huge lump, and he looks at me and says, no, that's fine, don't worry about it, but let me check your mammograms from January, it was April. He looks at the mammograms and he says, I see something I don't like there. I want to biopsy that. Can I ask you real quick, I know they
0: always say the word lump, you know, and I want to know, and I'm sure anybody, any of us would want to know. What does that mean? What did that feel like? Because they say, if there's pain, it's not cancer. Or it's always painless and it's, uh, it's as hard as a marble or a, or a BB. Is this true?
1: It is true. But it's confusing because I got a few lumps that felt like hard as a BB and there was just calcification. It wasn't any, uh, it wasn't cancer. So it is tricky. So I would say if you're a massage therapist and massaging breast, which I think nowadays is a no-no, but well, you and, can
0: still feel it though in the pecs. Like you, you're not because you, if we're working the pecs, and somebody could have something could, up in that area as you well, could. or yeah, maybe the nodes are
1: yeah. swollen or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, the nodes are not an indication. So, but if you feel anything that is hard and not movable. I would go see or suggest my client to go see a doctor. Or in yourselves, anybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Absolutely, when you do your self-check. So they um, biopsied that one area he didn't like? So they did biopsy that area he didn't yeah. like, and it turned out to be what they call DCIS, which is uh, ductal carcinoma in situ, which to my luck is the first stage of breast cancer. They call it stage zero, which is not infiltrated. It didn't spread to any outside of the cell and anywhere else in the body. Mm. I used to think that my surgeon was the one who saved my life, but I really think it's my sister mm-hmm. because because of her I was a little more diligent. Is she still it. alive?
2: No, she's not. So D, not word, to say it again, it was from the doctor D-C-I-S. Duct. And the, it was in it's the duct? It's in the duct. Mm-hmm. This is a particular kind. There are different kinds.
1: There are different kinds. There's a lobular, so it's L-I-D-C-I-S, L-C-I-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's infiltrated, and that means that the cancer broke the cell and started spreading. Throughout the breast throughout, tissue? Throughout or, the breast or tissue. The tissue.
2: that the uh, tissue where it originated. So if it's in the duct it spread through
1: if it's in the duct so it starts in the duct and starts. it could spread anywhere in the breast uh, if it's in the lobular lobules yes then that's the origination of the, the cancer and then it can spread hmm. to other tissue in the breast so what but those are the two main after you've been diagnosed uh, what course of
0: treatment did you take?
1: I did not have a lot of thinking to do because of my mother i tried to kind of postpone but it was obvious to me that i will end up with double mastectomy and um because it was dcis and it did not spread i didn't have to go through chemo and i didn't it shows sometimes they do ask um that condition to be followed by radiation i did not do that by your choice by my choice uh but the surgeon didn't push either Mm -hmm. or the oncologist also, they recommend people in my condition to take tamoxifen, mm-hmm. right? and that's a drug that supposedly helps with prevention of breast cancer in the future. And I declined that as well. Mm. So, um, because of the side effects. Because of the side effects, back then they say, well, it gives you fifty-fifty percent chance of getting it or not getting it. Taking the drug. And I thought, you know what I already had breast cancer. One of the side effects is uterine cancer. I don't want to risk getting that on top, and that was my choice, but it's it's a complete personal choice. and I know a lot of my clients do take it and it gives them gives them a sense of security. Mm-hmm. and I appreciate that.
0: did you move on to um, so from that moment, did you decide to make any lifestyle changes to enhance, you know, and natural tamoxifen, I would, I want to say, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people who have cancer, there's different alternative therapies that I'm sure you've heard of like Gerson or, uh, the Budwick diet and things like that. People move on and juiced, juice like crazy right. and raw food diets and,
1: right.
0: you know, make huge changes in their lives. Did, did anything like that happen for you?
1: It's actually very funny. I was a vegetarian for years and years before. Mm-hmm. Usually people turn vegetarian when they get sick. Right. I went the other way. Mm. I don't know why. My body craved fish, craved chicken. So I allowed myself. But I cut down the dairy and the wheat and the sugar. So mm-hmm. the first few years I was very religious about health food. And then then it kind of goes away that's the truth it's easy to become
0: obsessive in that realm yeah i was very obsessive Mm
1: -hmm. actually my family thought i went crazy a bit Mm -hmm. um but um but then you kind of tone down and now i just stick to exercise try to eat healthy as could be i let myself eat some sugars every now and then Mm -hmm. you know i'm not a fanatic anymore um, and it feels good it feels right
0: and what about the, the the mental aspect of it did you find you had to make changes there like uh, maybe how you saw things or meditation increase in yoga or something like that as well
1: I think I was pretty in tune with my body and Already. pretty in tune with, mm-hmm. with spiritual process before I definitely tried different things mm-hmm. I tried ozone therapy and um Many things that kind of popped up. Can
0: you get ozone therapy here in Boulder?
1: Um, yeah.
0: It's not legal in all states, mm, but I think it's, I don't
1: know if it legally you can, but <laughs> I, I don't know the legality well, of it. But. I
0: read recently that uh, the ozone therapy is okay in some states in, the uni- in, in our country, um, and Boulder or Colorado was one of the states, but the wording is still... They're still kind of funny about the wording. I think you can find it, but they're... There's You can't Google ozone therapy and easily find something mm-hmm. here to get that treatment. It was
1: definitely not an
0: yeah. um,
1: a- advertised acceptable experience. Yeah. 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 FDA, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. it was a very kind of a cool man that we threw the grapevine. We found him. It was in his house. And so what... Um did you receive
0: massage during this time and and what led you into this being a specialty for you massage and breast cancer
1: It's very interesting that no I did not receive a lot of massage I received some but I I didn't feel like there was somebody there that I knew I'm sure there were but I didn't know anybody that really could support me in that way and that what led me to dedicate my practice into really studying this of course when you go through it you study every every aspect of it whether you're a massage therapist or not but um, I wanted to um, really be specify my practice to help women who go through it because there's so many aspects in uh, when you go through it from the emotional to um, physical body image issues and then the health and the risks cuz massage is uh, used to be contraindicated many year for many years and women who go through breast cancer usually lose um lymph nodes and that's that makes it a little tricky mm. and that's where i feel like people should know what they're doing when they see a mass- uh, client with breast cancer
0: so did you um do any special training? I mean, you obviously are a perfect person for this, but having gone through it yourself, was there, uh, what is your approach to, I'm sure it's different for everybody. What is your approach? Um, as far as breast cancer and massage and what is it, why is it different than just a regular massage?
1: Why is it different than a regular massage? This person is not healthy anymore. They're going through a serious crisis in their life so emotionally they're in a different place they're not just coming to get rid of a a, uh, crick that will be resolved in a few days so um, I think that massage therapists need to um, be very centered and very um, in a listening mode and supportive in a way that allow the, the client to feel safe, feel that they can relax, they can let go of all the anxieties that they come with into the room, decision-making, and fears, and um, what, what, what to do next, what happened to my body? Why is my body creating this? All those questions that drive you crazy, Why Mm -hmm. did I get uh, breast cancer Mm -hmm. and what did I do wrong? So it takes a little skill to, to listen to this and let this person feel that you're okay. You're okay. You're fine. You're a good person. You didn't do anything to your body that um, you did, you did best what you, you know best, you know, it's, so, um, help the person calm down and then, uh, during the massage, relax and center so they can make their decisions from a center place.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you find that energy work? Do you use that a lot with I use breast cancer? it a count? lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think my specialty now kind of developed into the combination of shiatsu and massage. I, um usually do a heart check and that tells me a lot. It tells me where they are emotionally, physically, sometimes physiologic, physiologically. Um, so just by doing that it gives me a lot of um, ways to work with this person.
2: How does lymphatic drainage play into what you do? Do you use that?
1: Um, I use that a lot and it's very important especially for people after surgery. Mm -hmm. So um, I would combine some energy work with Shiatsu and then I'll do some drainage. And on the affected side, it's very important to do very, very light massage. And it's important to know how to drain to a different place rather than axillary nodes Mm -hmm. because those are taken. And you don't want to do a massage that will push the fluid the lymph into the axillary nodes that are stressed that are gone because there's there's nothing there to filter the fluid so
2: even any remaining ones for that matter because they're burdened
1: because they're burdened exactly
2: so what method of lymphatic drainage do you practice
1: i took a vater
2: the vater method yeah method very effective also for pain relief
0: Right. Did you have to go to Canada for that? Is that out of Canada?
1: No, I took a course uh, here in Boulder. Okay.
2: I mean, it's just so amazing to know even the basics of lymphatic drainage. It's a very respectful way Mm -hmm. to approach the body when people um, have any kind of pain. It doesn't matter what the origin of the pain is. It's a very effective pain reliever and I don't know that a lot of people learned enough about it in their basic right. training at massage school forget about what they didn't learn about breast massage right so that's it's a it's a big issue that is not covered i think uh, sufficiently in most 500 hour massage therapy training but there's some excellent trainings in it in Canada and in the United States now
1: right there are uh and actually there's um I'm sorry that I can't. I didn't bring the name of that video, but there's a very good video that gives you. It's it's made for the family that support um, people with uh, lymphedema, and so it it goes takes you through the basics and teaches you how what you should do and you shouldn't do. So I, I've, even for massage therapists who knows that they're going to work with breast cancer patients, just to watch that video is very useful because mm-hmm. then you know what not to do and some precautions you can take. Because I think that's that's the main thing that massage therapists who usually do, regular people, they're not specialized in oncology, never had training in oncology massage, that's a mistake that they can make is just go about massaging the arm as if it's a normal arm, do deep tissue, and then the next day the client comes in with lymphedema because they didn't know. Right. So... Right. Well,
2: if you um, think of that video later on, we'll put it on our website okay. Perfect. Uh, so that people can get access to that. Yeah. That sounds wonderful because yeah. when the family, you know, it's all about support yeah. for people with cancer. When you have cancer, you feel like this is what I've been told that there's a feeling, an alienation that goes on. And not so much anymore, because I think people know now that massage or touching, even the family touching people won't hurt them used to think that it would damage, you know, the, their loved ones to touch them in any way and all they had experience of was procedural pain which is okay. a, a real diagnosis. I mean it's procedural pain all of the the ports that are put in and the chemotherapy and all that in a cold it's, cold room and it's very <laughs> very um isolating. And so that's why touch is so important for these individuals
1: absolutely do you work with
0: stage one through four
1: i work with whenever they come into no matter what shape they're in i actually actually have a client who i used to see for many years and she found that she had cancer just about a few months ago so i i've seen her from even pre-cancer through the whole process Mm -hmm. and um, we're working on getting her healthy.
0: What about now? Do you, you definitely hone in on so you stick with breast cancer? Do you work with uh, other cancers as well?
1: I pretty much stick with breast right. cancer. Mm-hmm. I could work with others, but I don't, I don't pull that crowd, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. the energy is there yeah. right. for breast cancer. Right. So um, that's really what I'm focusing on.
2: I want to hear a little bit more about when you're teaching uh, breast cancer massage, or Massage for Breast Cancer. What are your classes like? What do you you cover?
1: Okay. Um, I cover the first few hours of the class is um, actually a lot of information about breast cancer, starting from risks, who gets it, who not, history, what is breast cancer, uh, theory about breast tissue, um, pathology. So a lot of details that the students, I can feel like, uh, and why are we learning this right now? because I want to do massage
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um so we go through that and they're a little overwhelmed. But when they bring on the last day it's a three day workshop on the last day when we bring in the women who will be your, the models in mm-hmm. the class, and they start talking about their breast cancer and all the terms, and suddenly they say, "Oh, that's, that's why, why we started because now I understand what they're talking about." Mm. What is flap tram? What is uh, deep, tra- uh, deep flap? And you know what those those port procedures? Yeah, port. What I mean, is port? What is DCIS? What is drugs, LCIS? The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, tamoxifen. Yeah. Yeah.
2: How do? How even to the point where how? What kind of a surgery is breast? That what does exactly. it involve? And what about exactly. reconstruction? Exactly. And, you know there's it's so much. So complicated. To it. Oh yeah. And so yeah. many. Are different procedures.
1: Different procedures that affect the body differently. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I teach all that stuff.
2: And anatomy of the breast alone right? is so good to cover because we don't cover it in a normal anatomy class. Right. So just learning about the breast tissue and the fact that men also have breast tissue. A lot of people don't know that. Right. And get breast cancer. Right. You know.
0: And this makes sense why you said it's, it's very important to be present, very present for this because of all of the major physical challenges along coupled with the emotional challenges. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we, I covered that and then we go into the hands-on. I teach uh, different range of motion techniques to help with the it, it's, it's based on thinking that this client went through reconstruction or surgery. That's the class mostly, um, based on to help uh, massage service to know what to do. And, um, So there'll be specific uh, massage techniques and some MLD. Again, to give you, it's not a, it's not a MLD training, manual lymph drainage training, but it is just the basic. So you don't do the wrong thing, So you do, you know what you're doing. And um, I'll cover. I'm covering some of the alternative um, therapies that are out there, some nutrition that's kind of basic Mm -hmm. uh the emotional aspect talking about how what is a person going through and how you as a massage therapist can deal with and be present and create that Um,
2: safe space where they don't feel you ever judge them exactly that's that's a trust you have to get Mm -hmm. yeah
1: tricky place because you can just say oh you should have done this and that mm. oh my goodness mm. you should be fired yeah. if you say good.
2: anything like it's it, it is uh it's a little tricky but once it you're not really neutral you're just very compassionate and exactly. you have to let people know that and know that they're allowed to just be who they are one of the challenging things in working with reconstruction for me has been the at the that the drainage working with the drainage uh, you know when this is the two days one mm. day two days after the surgery or after mastectomy, the working with the ports, the drainage, the the pain, the absolute pain that's you know penetrating the entire chest to the point where you say take a deep breath and you know that's it's almost an insult, right? Because <laughs> everything is so taut, and then and working through that process, um, um, the the scar tissue. Right. You know, especially if they use like the rectus abdominis muscle or the latissimus muscle to fold that over to create the the mound of the breast. This is so painful, this area on, on a lot. Most women that I that I've worked with, uh, there have been a few. I remember my first um, young woman, she was 29 years old and she was so healthy beforehand that her transition uh, was, you uh, She made it seem like it was pretty painless for her. Range of motion was very good. She had maintained that. And then you work with the next uh, woman and you find that, uh, you know, they lose so much, you know, because they were not maybe in the greatest shape before the surgery. So there's a whole gamut of uh, of um, clientele that each one has a different experience. And that's another thing you have to honor. You can't walk in there with presumptions and say, oh, it's gonna be like this. Mm -hmm. Everyone is a surprise. Mm -hmm. Everyone, you have to be, you know, ready for anything. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's a good, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had that experience. My surgery went pretty smooth. I went back to work 10 weeks after. um, And I, in the beginning, I would say to my clients or friends, oh, it's nothing. It's going to be fine. And then those people didn't feel fine like Mm -hmm. I did. So it was a very, it's a good, good point. It's so individual. Good learning point for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had a lot of good learning points. (laughs) Believe me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's very easy to, um, stick your foot in your mouth. Yeah. I know. For our listeners too, that have never done, you know, specifically breast massage, it's, very important that you receive at least the minimal amount of training and don't just take this on. Um, there's, uh, like we said, we can, we could study with, uh, Iris Khalil is teaching from time to time at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy and other locations. I would imagine by now, um, we're going to give you the information where you can study with her. If you're in the Boulder area, Colorado area, um, up in Canada, there's, uh, excellent, uh, uh, Deborah Curtis you know her right and uh, her team Pam Pam Finch is an excellent lovely uh, person to study with um, I stu- I studied breast massage uh, at least minimally with um, Pam Finch and um, it, it, I learned so much in those classes that I thought I knew you know you' go in there thinking oh well this is going to be a cinch and and it's not difficult or complicated in that way but um they taught me uh, about uh, the, just learning about the anatomy of the breast for instance and that post mammary tissue there's a there's a, a layer of um, that between the pectoralis major the pectoralis minor and then there's this uh, post, what they call post mammary um, area, and that used to be disrupted with a lot of surgeries. They they kind of used to just cut right through it. And this is the area, one of the areas where most of the lymph is drained. We used to think that most of the lymph would drain towards the chest, towards the sternum, and go right into the heart. But they found that it's only about twenty five percent of the drainage of the chest goes into towards the sternum. Um, most of it goes behind the breast wall. Uh, so this is why um, actually the lymphatic drainage of the chest, this up and down movement, as if you were walking down the hall, See, it moves, the, um, moves a lot of the fluid out, and a lot of it goes into the greater omentum of the abdomen. And just knowing those things helps you to uh, do drainage, uh, not just w- when working with breast cancer, but also another very uh, common and uh, painful Condition called a mastitis, inflammation of the breast, for whatever reason. I know I had it very badly when I was a teenager, to the point where I couldn't hug anyone, I couldn't lie face down, um, and and I ran into a chiropractor of all people, and he's the one who drained that for me and showed me how to do it myself, and I became empowered, and and slowly but surely as I matured, and but that saved my it saved my life to learn techniques. So, could you tell us also a little bit about how you help women and empower uh, people to um, to do self care?
1: I do teach them the uh, where they drain the uh, sternum,
2: this main duct.
1: Yeah, the main duct here. Yes,
2: so the, the, it's like the first part of lymphatic drainage, exactly. the hundred pumps exactly. uh, to drain the. So that's a yeah. very, simple, very simple simple way
1: that they can do it on their own, um, and that's for the uh, the drainage. Other self-care is just talking to them about meditation, about exercise. How to think right. Yeah. And receiving body work because it's so important. It just centers you. It releases the oxytocin that gives you the, the kind of a feel good. Right. And pain um, relief. And pain relief. Exactly. Reduces stress. So um can't think of... Right now, specific self-care more than that, but um, it, it, again, it's individual because a lot of that's in true. Boulder, a lot of clients already do all this uh, stuff. exercise right. and oh, yeah, that's um, yeah, exercise so. as soon as possible. I'm not really teaching them a lot of new things, but every now and then, I I bet
2: in, in every session, though, a little customized self-care seems to come up, which yeah. is why it's hard to think of it because there's all these little things that you know, even how you take a shower. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, I get a lot of pain relief after my shower. Well, right. between the hot water and the self massage, you know, it's no, that's probably one of the reasons that works so effectively.
0: Oh, how about massage for people who are currently in chemo or radiation? Is that possible to receive massage? I mean, I know a lot of people experience different troublesome side right. effects.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, it definitely is possible, and it's very individual. Um, usually what I experience is people like to wait about four to five to seven days before they can do anything. They're, they kind of want to go in their cave, go through that nausea period, and, and then they're ready. They're more than ready to receive body work. So I, I really leave it up to my client. Though they usually leave it up to me because they say, You're the expert. Mm. So how do you
2: feel? Yeah, yeah.
1: So we work together, you know, we, we study each other as uh, we go along.
2: And this is in the hospital? No. Oh, it's after they get out of the hospital.
1: Yeah, after I usually I don't work at the hospital. Okay but, really. I I usually yeah. see people after. A lot of people That's are doing my their
0: chemo after they have come out of the hospital and right. go through their day to day life. Yeah. Wild.
1: they don't start chemo right away, anyway. Right. You okay. Let the body heal a little bit. Um, but the other um reason to wait a few days is also for the massage therapist, because it seeps. It could you could uh receive some of the drugs through skin to skin contact. Really. So that's something that you might want to consider and watch when you're working with with your clients. And that's you, true for
0: chemo and radiation.
1: Radiation, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but chemo, For sure. Uh, yeah. definitely. And radiation, um, it's done every day. So you will see your client during it, no matter what. Um, but they won't even want you to touch the area. No. So it's not a huge concern um, because it's just too sensitive mm-hmm. and you don't want to stimulate anything at this point. You
0: do can't you- wait. Do you have clients who are uh, foregoing surgery and chemo and trying to beat it other ways?
1: I don't have many of them.
0: There's a few. I
1: had one. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to keep your mouth shut, you know. She did not want to do any, anything medical.
2: That's and her right.
1: That's her right. And uh, it was really, it was hard to watch um i had different opinions i'm 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 a believer of combining the two alternative and medical um and unfortunately she she passed mm. so it was it was really hard to watch
2: yeah but i i, I agree with you uh, 100% it's really her right i mean i i really believe that people should have a choice on their bodies Absolutely. You know, it's like take your laws off my body is one of my favorite bumper stickers mm-hmm. yeah. because mm-hmm. this is a personal choice and we have so few personal choices, you know.
1: Yeah. But I do see a lot of women who do have a huge problem with the chemotherapy mm. and the drugs because they've been they've been natural all their lives and mm. suddenly they have to go through this. um so it's, it's a really tough decision. And sometimes I remember when I went through it, I felt like, oh, why did I not know about alternative medicine and about what's, you know, health? And I, should, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have problem with taking drugs and I would just do it. But, you know, did I, was I clear? Yeah, it's,
2: it's very foreign and very, well, deadly. It's chemotherapy. It yeah. kills everything in, in sight. It's not discriminating. Uh, oh, here's a cancer cell. Let me go get it. It's just everything. That's why you lose your hair and you, yeah, and you have all those side effects. So you almost have to be strong enough to to withstand the chemotherapy to begin with. Yeah, in order to do well.
1: Yeah, and and another important thing for the therapist to know because it it uh, takes a huge toll on the immune system. Uh, it's very important that you, as a massage therapist, it, you are not if you have a slightest cold when you have a client who goes through chemotherapy, call and cancel. Right. Don't, don't give don't them your work. germs. Nope.
2: They may develop pneumonia or some serious
1: serious t- stuff. Deadly they thing, they go so. to the hospital.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so it's really, really important to honor that.
2: I have one question for you. As far as taking your class or your worship, as a male therapist, I'm thinking how receptive women would be to have a meth therapist working around this area? Are they receptive, or probably it might not be a good idea to for meth
1: therapists to explore this? What are your experiences? It's such a good question. I know that a lot of my um, clients would prefer women because it's such a sensitive, personal, disfiguring. Mm. It's really hard to expose that. On the other hand, when I was looking for um, volunteers for my classes, I would always always say, "There's a possibility that there'll be male uh, massage therapists in the class. Are you okay with this?" None of them said no. Good for them. So when it's when it's it comes to health professionalism, they all accept that there are male massage therapists, and. Um, they They trust them, you know, and so it, it it's more likely that if you had a client and she gets a breast can- breast cancer, she will probably continue to see you because she trusts you, she knows you, it won't be a problem to create a new relationship it's a little trickier, but I don't think it's impossible
2: mm. you know when I went to the class um Jorge and in. Uh, and- it was in Quebec in 2001. It was about 100 people at this class, and about 25 of them were men. And I remember all of us women coming into the class and looking at each man as if, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, you know, this was, this was uh, a great lesson for me. And I remember as we went around the room and uh, questions were, you know, people said, do you have any, qu-? the teacher said, do you, are there any questions or comments? And, and, or tell us why you're here. And this one man uh got up and said um I'm here because my wife refuses to do her monthly breast check that is recommended by the medical field <laughs> and it was so funny we mm. all and I thought but you know what that the way he spoke about his wife and his reasons for being there disarmed the entire room and nice. suddenly all the men I think took a sigh of relief and thought yeah listen it's mostly men who do the surgeries and who are oncologists mm-hmm. now? That's changing. More women are getting into it. But hey, why exclude us? Especially if you have to go back to your husband, and you have to, and hopefully get your husband's support. The the husband or boyfriend is not having the easiest time either, right? Because of all the stigma around breasts and how important they are, and right, you know, and especially in America. I don't know right. if that's true so much in other countries, but Americans. Treat Love the, their boobs. They treat the breasts <laughs> as if it's like first of all a sexual organ, which it is not. It's an extension of the skin, and that's <laughs> why men have them too. And you know, there's all of this uh, this uh, nonsense uh, uh, attitudes that people have. But that was a great class, and the men. I I worked with a man during that class, and was very comfortable with him. And it's a very important uh, yeah. issue, isn't it? Now, as far, as far as we know, the, there's a very small percentage of male having breast cancer. Would the same techniques that somebody would learn in your class would apply for a, a male client?
1: Some, like scar tissue techniques, range of motion. Uh, but I assume, I, to be honest, I... I never met personally. I've heard of a few male in the Denver area that had breast cancer, but I never worked with or met somebody, so I I don't have that experience. But I would assume that, um, because men tend to not have huge reconstruction procedure like women, mm-hmm. it will be a little different in that way. They don't have that uh, additional stress on their body and their tissue. Mm. With but a lot of the other the lymph uh, lymphatic um, drainage and, like I said, a st- a scar tissue work should be the same.
2: I've worked with a couple of men who've had breast augmentation. Um, one was a 27 year old man who um, had a, a little bit of his gastrocnemias put into into his right breast because his left and right were so different that he didn't want to be without a shirt. Somehow he had a birth defect there. Mm. And so that that was one and and again, I remember how emotionally he was um feeling like for the first time in his life of twenty seven years that he could take his shirt off and, at the beach. you know, this is a so there's other reasons why men may have surgery in these areas. sometimes it's to have. Uh, evenness or breast enhance, uh, chest enhancement. You know, to make them more buff. Or you know, people these days are getting all kinds of plastic surgery, mm. and scar tissue, scar tissue for whatever.
0: Elaine, where can people find information about your classes that you're teaching? Where is? Did we talk about that? What is the best place to?
1: Did you say ears? Elaine or Iris? or iris i'm sorry
2: uh starts with an e right e you no. okay
1: so i have a website okay it's www.bodyworkwisdom.com so i post my classes uh in that uh, that website um i um i'm planning on teaching a class march 11 it's 11 12 13th i believe Three days at what location? Uh, I don't know the location, okay. but it will be in Boulder. Boulder, okay. Um, also, it's kind of a plug-in here. There's a World Massage Festival. I don't, I don't know if people know about it in Boulder, um, but I'll be teaching two introductory classes at that. It's in July, July fourteenth through seventeenth. Is that a
2: webinar? No, it's a live it's, class.
1: It's a live weekend class. It's going to be held in North Carolina um i connected to this group through that website i told you earlier which i'll mention in a minute so um that would be also that's on the agenda and talking with a massage school owner in chicago so i'm I'm trying to get this class out of boulder Mm -hmm. and it's it takes a little time, a yeah. little work, a lot of work.
2: Yeah, but it's yeah. great. Just bring it around, you know. Take it on the road, as they say.
1: Exactly.
2: You've got yeah. your act together. Now take it on the road. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Or do you have any plans for kind of training the trainers, you know, spreading this knowledge by training people and certifying them so they can they, they teach can this teach class? It? Yes. Mm, Eventually. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> there, there, that would Eventually, that's, <laughs> that's the national evolution of such right. a thing. When you've got something... You know, it's it's your duty to share and to yeah. teach others how to just to, to, to get around. To there's so many people. I mean, I don't know the statistics mm-hmm. right offhand, but breast cancer is still a very common um, condition.
1: Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. They're raising billions of
0: dollars every year yeah. for research, and um, yeah, you could get a link on the Coleman G website. That's Coleman right. and Coleman, yeah. right? And then you'll yeah. be all over the place teaching. The benefits of massage for breast cancer. Right. Right, right. So today we're here at the Massage Podcast. And um, if you have any questions or comments, please find us at massagepodcast.com. And you can contact us on our contact page. You can leave a voicemail or a text message at 303-656-9860. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Today we're here with... Iris Khalil, and we're talking about breast cancer and massage, and um, we're going to hit her up for a tip of the week, two tips of the week, three tips of the week. What do you have for us today? I don't today? know. Let's <laughs> count.
1: Um, so the one tip of the week is, um, I just got involved in or found out about um, a website that is a, like a social network website. It's called Massage professionals.com. And um, it is it started by ABMP. You don't have to be a member of ABMP to be a member in this group. And it's an amazing group of people that um, <clears throat> have wealth of information, a lot of high profile people in the industry. Um, There's different groups you can join. You can create a group of your interest. Um, I created um, my massage and breast cancer group, core alignment group. That's the other um, technique that I teach. Um, Natural lotions group, Colorado group. So um, you can post a question from anywhere from what face risks do you use to... Legality of massage in your state, anything, and plenty of people will be right there to give you an answer. So it's really uh, uh, marketing. I learned so much about marketing. Um, Just lovely, lovely um, group of people. You can log in at any time. Be careful; it will suck your time Mm -hmm. if you do Mm -hmm. start there. How
2: much time are you spending? (laughs) Exactly,
1: I spent a lot in the beginning, but you got to learn how to.
0: You know, and speaking of marketing, like we often say almost every show, target your market. And uh, this is a fine example of being fully immersed in a one particular type of massage or group of people, Um, because then you're able to put your focus out there more and draw them in. And so this is um, really great. Yeah. Um, Do you have any last minute thoughts on um, on this topic or anything you feel like you need to say? If I there's anybody out covered, there who has any yeah. questions or would like to ask her something, there will be a link to her website on our website um, in case you forgot or didn't hear her website, which is, again, your website, Iris.
1: Bodyworkwisdom.com.
0: And, in, and if you have any, uh, this is a big topic. So if something comes up in your mind, you can, I'm sure, contact her on her website.
1: Um the other thing is maybe what not to say to a breast beautiful. cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a list here. Sorry, I have to read it. So um, things like, why did you? Why do you think you got the cancer? No. Why did you contract? What's in your life made it that you got the cancer?
2: No, oh, massage therapists never say things like that. No, mm, please keep your karma to yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: or you shouldn't or should have done something.
0: Keep that out of your vocabulary. Shouldn't have drank so much. No, Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Something I ask a client and I, I, you know, we're talking about biting your tongue. What stage are you? Mm. Really? Yeah. You know, if they tell you, fine. Uh, Maybe later during the, the conversation, you can kind of professionally stick in it. But like, Oh you're oh what what's stage because if it's stage four it's that could lead terrible to an Oh my god. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's terrible to say that I'm stage four. Oh right? wow stage four is Since the there highest. is
0: no stage five.
1: Right, exactly. Uh what's your prognosis? Don't really? ask that. Why not? Um because it's statistic. You know, it's statistic. It hurts. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you know, know don't want to be is... statistic and you, you wanna just posi- focus on the positive. Right. Um, you look better than I thought.
2: Oh no, people would never say that.
1: Well, you'd be surprised. I Th- am that's surprised. That's, that's why I'm stuff, glad you're
2: t- you're covering this right now. This that's is good.
1: stuff that can slip your tongue. You don't mean to say it, mm-hmm. but you can definitely say it. Uh, A mistake that I've done in the past, a newly newly diagnosed person comes to tell me about their diagnosis, and I say, yeah, my sister, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So how's your sister today? Mm -hmm. And she's Mm. gone. So Mm. that's really hard. When you're newly diagnosed, it's really hard to hear stories about people you know Mm. if they didn't survive. So try to stick your stories to yourself unless you have a good story to tell. Sometimes when people feel really down... And you try to encourage them to say, oh, you look so great. You're so brave. Sometimes it's really hard for them to hear that as well. Mm. No, I'm not brave. Mm -mm. I look terrible and I know it. Mm. So just be very present. Say, I know you feel bad today. I'm sorry you're feeling Mm -hmm. bad today. I'm I'm Mm. here with you. We'll yeah. get through it. Mm.
2: It's it's something you might not think. You don't have to cheer people up. That's not what we're here mm-hmm. for. We're here for exactly. support. Mm. Exactly. And, uh, and um, yeah, go yeah. on.
1: Um, people say, oh, call me if you need anything. Uh, of course, this massage client relationship, I don't know. It really depends on who this client is. If you're closer, if it's just a client, you probably won't offer to cook a meal or anything but if it's a friend call me if you need anything is terrible because I won't call you you know yeah i need a lot of stuff but i'm not going to pick up the phone and say hey can you make me a meal tomorrow mm-hmm. you know unless I, you're very
0: close i had a friend who had a different type of cancer and she said that was the most annoying yeah. thing and she what she needed was for someone to be specific Can I bring you a meal tomorrow? Yes. Can I make you some meals? Can I bring you meals tomorrow? Or how about every Tuesday, I come over and do your dishes? Because, yeah, call me if you need anything. Wow, there's a whole bunch of stuff I need. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So
1: this is a little more like a friendship part, not so massage. But that's uh, good to know friendship. for even yeah.
0: your friends. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Exactly. because I know that's important. You have time for one more tip? I think Alan? I'm done. Think you got that list. Okay, <laughs> great. Um, well, I'm going to, I need to ask Elaine about our uh, who our guest is our next guest week. Next yeah. Week. First, first, we're changing from Monday mornings to Thursday afternoons at one o'clock. And we'll be starting next week at Thursday at one o'clock with a guest
2: that Elaine's gonna tell us all about. Right. Well, first of all I wanna thank Edie for being here today. That last those last tips just blew my mind because me I'm me like I, I can just imagine, especially our, our graduates, you know, with with very little experience asking and doing these things to mm-hmm. cheer people up. And that's, myself mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not it's not being there for the person. You're not a clown, you're not there to entertain them, you're just there to to, uh, to allow them that safe place to bring anything they need to. But those were excellent tips. Thank you. Kind of blew my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we are going to talk with Whitney Lowe. And everybody knows Whitney. He's wonderful. I call him the, the assessment king. He's orthopedic massage. He's an author. He's done brilliant work over the years with NCB with um now he's getting into distance education he's going to talk with us about that he's going to talk with us about a a number of things he's just a pleasant southern gentleman and I'm looking forward to having him on the show very good okay I'd like to thank any of
0: you and all of you who have joined us today or will be listening to us in the future Uh, Please join us again for next week. That sounds like a fabulous topic. Um, Iris, thank you so much for your information today. It was beautiful. And um, I would like to wish everyone a very happy, healthy, safe holiday period. And have a great day. Thanks. Thank
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you.